What is going on, everybody? It is Hunter here from the Fitness Secrets Podcast, and today I'm super excited to bring on a mentor of mine who has changed how I think about my life and just about how things work in life so much. His name is Paul Reddick, and uh, I'm just excited because he brings so much to the table. He's done so much in his life, whether it be, you know, he runs the largest online baseball education company. He ran the Yogi Berra Foundation uh, for baseball. He was a camp director there. Um, he's worked with uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates Professional Baseball Organization. But besides all of those like crazy accolades that are amazing, the best thing about this guy is he just has the biggest heart. He cares about almost anyone who comes in, into his life uh, with a huge capacity, and he did that for me. And so with that, uh, thank you so much, Carl, for, uh, for coming on. You got it, Hunter. I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I'm very proud of you. And I, and I know this whole, whole podcast thing will, be, will help a lot of people and do a lot of good as long as you're behind it. So I'm happy to be here. It was actually uh, your idea for me, to, for me to start it. You told me to do it about a year and a <laughs> yeah. half ago. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, there you go. But um, so – one thing uh, that we talk about, you know, at our gym is small steps, big results, right? That these little actions that you can take throughout your life uh, can lead up to, to bigger outcomes. And uh, I know that you had a few of those throughout your life that I think are extremely inspiring. I was hoping today you could come on, share a little bit about your journey, you know, starting out with how you got involved with, you know, the uh, Yogi Berra uh, foundation and how you became a camp director there and even moving forward on some other stuff we've done. So, uh, yeah, maybe if you could start there and just share, share with everybody, uh, that end of things. Yeah. So for those who don't know who Yogi Berra is, <clears throat> um, I guarantee you've quoted him. Um, Yogi's <laughs> the most quoted person in human history. It's not over till it's over. Um, if you come to a fork in the road, take it deja vu all over again. So, those are all Yogi Berra quotes, and, and Yogi was, in addition to that, being a character, was one of the greatest baseball players who ever lived. He was Hall of Famer, three-time MVP, 10 World Series rings, still the most by any athlete ever, and uh, was on the All-Century team. And in a, but those are not the best things about Yogi Berra. The best things about Yogi Berra, who he was as a person, who he was as a man, as a father, grandfather, a leader, a humanitarian, um, a, faith, a, a man of faith. And so... Um, I got to work for him uh, for 15 years. And when you're in baseball, like, like I was at the time, you know, the only people who make money in baseball are like the names you know. You know, everybody else that's working in, like, scouting or anything else, you've got to scrounge together to do a whole bunch of things to stay afloat because baseball seasonal and, and the money is not, uh, you know, really enough to live on is sometimes a shock for people. Um, so one of the things I did was uh, I ended up working for him, and I was the resident speaker at his museum for 15 years, and I was a camp director. So I would speak, I don't know, at least two times a week, sometimes three times a week, and I would have, like, the Boy Scout Troop of America on Monday and then, like, the Association of Physical Therapists on Thursday and then, like, the executive directors or whoever on Friday. And then basically um, I was there to really uh, be the voice to – to that message and what Yogi's ideals and values were. So I took that very seriously. So being around a guy like that is a little surreal because, like, the president, if he called the president of the United States, the president of the United States would take his call. You know, so there was always a lot of famous people around Yogi. You know, it was just, it was very, um, 
it was like a surreal experience. Looking back on it, it almost feels like it didn't happen. But it was, you know, day in, day out, you're just around him and around these uh, some of the most well-known people ever. And so because of that, um, that is the number one question I get, is how do I, how do I get to work for Yogi Berra? Now, um, nobody likes the answer um, <laughs> because the answer requires faith and not strategy. And the faith that you're going to have to place is not going to be in the faith uh, that in anything that you're going to do. It's not going to be the faith in any system. It's going to be the faith in yourself and you're, you, how you're uniquely gifted. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll condense this story because I could take an hour to tell it. I'll condense it about 15 minutes. Um, I was a failed baseball player um, who my gift was coaching. It still is. I, I thought I was a baseball coach. I thought that's what God made me. Um, that was just manifestation of my coaching ability. Now, I have, obviously, I coach people like you and business owners and dads and, and uh, mastermind groups, and, and it's still the same thing, coaching a baseball team and coaching a group of entrepreneurs, exact same thing. It's just the way we mm-hmm. play is different. So I've been coaching since I'm 17 years old, and when I was a failed baseball player, I, went, I dove headfirst into coaching. I, I just wanted to coach every single minute of the day, much like I want to do now. And so I... I, I had a business where I was doing camps and clinics and lessons. And like I said, you got to do 15 things in professional baseball to scratch together a living. So I was doing a t-ball clinic for 17 uh, t-ball parents in the, in the cafeteria of Scotch Plains Fanwood High School on a Tuesday night. And really glamorous, <clears throat> you know, work. And uh, at the time, there was a player named Chuck Knobloch for the Yankees. He was a second baseman. He had what we call the yips. Um, which means that he would, he would field a ground ball and the first baseman would be, you know, whatever, 30, 40 feet or 50 feet away from him, and he'd throw it and miss the first baseman by 50 feet. You know, so some people think it's a psychological block. It's a combination of a bunch of things. So at the time, that was a hot topic, and I had these pictures of Chuck Knobloch, and I, I held them up, and I said, I don't think his problems are, are psychological. I think they're physical. I said, look the way he was throwing here, and I held up one picture. Look at the way he's throwing there, and I, I think they're physical, but they were so slight, they manifested mentally. And now he's like, he can't figure it out. And so a mm-hmm. guy comes up to me after, he goes, I am the sports editor for the Star Ledger. Would you like to do a story on that Chuck Knobloch thing? Now, this was just a guy who just happened, this was just, you know, luck. Um, you know, like, so some people call it luck, fate, universe. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I believe that God is doing those things. Um, so uh, I just, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, and so that Thursday, I'm in his office, and, and they're so show me the right positions Chuck Knobloch should be throwing in, and they're drawing all these sketches of me. I'm like, wow, I don't know what this is going to be. <laughs> so Sunday, the article came out. It was a full-page article in the Star-Ledger, and this is back in 1999, 2000, somewhere in there, where there were still 10 million people reading that newspaper before really the Internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a huge thing for me, and there's all these sketches of me throwing, you know. Um, Wow. So, uh, so, that, so the next Monday, I get a call from a guy uh, at the Liberty Science Center, and that's the big dome across from the Statue of Liberty, if you've ever seen it. And he said, hey, this weekend we're having a symposium about science and baseball. Would you like to come and speak? I was like, yeah. So I go there, speak Saturday, Sunday. There's a woman there named Lily. She sees me speak. She comes up to me after, and my booth is right next to hers. And she says, we need to work with you. You need to come in and talk to uh, this guy, Dave Kaplan. And, and she, they were, she was from the Yogi Berra Museum. And so I said, great. That, that day after that, that Monday, I called Dave Kaplan. The next day, uh, I'm, I'm in the office, and I'm sitting in Dave Kaplan's office, and Yogi Berra comes in, sits down next to me, and goes, how you doing, kid? And so that was two weeks. 
<laughs> you know, two weeks. So there was no job posting. There was no opening there. There was no nothing. It was, you know, I, I have a lot of beliefs around it, but the one central I think that everybody could kind of agree upon is I was doing the thing that I was born to do without an expectation. I didn't go show up that day with those T-ball parents and said, this is going to be a life-changing event tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine this is, this is teed up and ready to go. Yep. <laughs> no, I was just going there. My only intent there was to, uh, was to teach them, educate them, and hopefully maybe some of their kids would sign up for my camp. You know? And so that was it. So it doesn't require – there's no strategy to it. it was, it's faith in you and faith in what you do. Um, you know, I think all the, all the magical things happen. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and I think what stuck out to me there was, like, you didn't have an expectation of that, obviously. Like, you would never expect to go in and working with – uh, T-ballers, and then that happening in two weeks. But if you hadn't, if you decided you didn't want to show up that Tuesday because, eh, it didn't matter, like that opportunity. Or I was above it, you know. Yeah, ex- exactly. I was above it. Yeah. And and I think that can relate to a lot of people who maybe are are just starting out working out or looking to get healthier. You know, you can go in with all these different expectations and uh, and high expectations for that. But a lot of the times if you just focus on those day-to-day actions and just take it one step at a time, hey, if I show up for this workout Monday night, that that's a win. And stack those small wins, and those will add up. But at the same time, there's, yeah, there's that cumulative effect that can lead to something bigger that can open up uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, getting healthier, losing weight, getting stronger. Yeah. Um, that, that all adds up. So maybe not have – super high expectations and you do those things, just take the small wins and, and, and let kind of your, uh, your faith take over. Yeah. And, and so I, I assume it like as a fitness podcast and I work with a lot of people in the fitness industry and I, I have a, a quasi background in that as well. And cause being a coach, you had to study all that stuff for you to train the players that I trained. I trained a lot of baseball players. And, you know, the, the step-by-step, day-by-day, workout-by-workout approach, it's, it's the only way that things happen anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no other process, right? There's, no, there's no, absolutely no other process. That, now, we can think there is, and we can kind of be transported in some, like, fantasy land. We can be sold another process, but there isn't another one. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, so, you know, when I talk, when I, uh, I coach, you know, a lot of men, and a lot of times, sometimes I've worked with their wives, and... Um, I've, I can, when talking with their wives, it's, it's really a different mindset. You know, uh, men and women think very differently about things. And uh, sometimes a woman, a woman, when they're dealing with uh, maybe a weight issue or maybe they just had a baby or they're going through a change in period of life and they want to change their body, they'll be so fixated on, uh, you know, the, 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 the amount of weight they need to lose, how long it's going to lose. If there's a, so a great example would be, let's say someone's daughter got engaged and they set the date for the wedding a year from now, and someone's got to lose 50 pounds, and they're sitting in your office, Hunter, and they're saying, I can't believe I'm going to look so fat in that picture, and that, that picture's going to be forever. I'm never going to fit in that dress, and, and I, 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 I will shudder. I, can't, I don't want to get my picture taken like this, and I've let my body go, and I can't believe all I can think about is how bad, I, how much pressure I have. Now, all of that is just, you know, uh, creating a story about a bad thing that might happen in the future. But regardless of how bad you make that story, the best thing that you could do today is go to the gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the next step um, uh, is one of the foundations of of coaching. If 
if no one ever hear, if this is the last word they ever hear me say, um, the next step is always the same. Yep. It's always the same. It's, it's, it's always do what you're doing. Like, so if you, if you have a wedding coming up and you want to lose 50 pounds for it, um, the next step is go, go train. Now, you could be freaked out. You could be creating a movie about the future. You could be uh, upset with yourself over the, the pizza you ate last night. Um, you could do all that. Your mind can time travel to the past and to the future. But the, the, still, no matter if you ate a pizza last night and a gallon of ice cream or you ate a salad and a healthy meal, you still have to go um, to, the, go to the gym today. Go eat right today. Still, the next step is always the same. It's just the mental, the mental state of mind with which you take to the next step. Right. Yeah, so get, instead of getting overwhelmed about everything that you have to do over the next year, just, just focus on what can I do today. Yeah, so let's say in a year you're going to work out, let's say there's 365 days, and maybe you're going to work out 275 of those or <clears throat> whatever it's going to be. Um, mm -hmm. You can't do – if you did five workouts today, you'll probably do more damage than if you didn't work out at all. So the best thing you do is take one off that list. Mm -hmm. You know, I, okay, just, the next step is always the same. We're, we're here now where Kevin Durant got hurt during the NBA Finals. And yeah. I'm sure there's probably part of him that maybe, I don't know, he blew a whole year off an injury that he could recover from in a few days. Um, now, he could beat himself up over making a bad decision. Um, he can mm -hmm. make himself a champion as a guy who went out and tried to play for his team and, and felt sacrificed because of it. And no matter what he thinks, he, he's got to go to rehab today. Right. right. <laughs> the best thing he could – it's the only thing he can do today. Mm -hmm. um, but he can take yeah. a lot of different states of mind into it. Gotcha. Yeah, so just focus. It's, it's a lot about what you focus on uh, and managing yeah. that. And it may not be perfect yeah. all the time. You're, you're like those – those expectations that you have for yourself, like you can fight them off as much as you want. Like they'll be there every now and then and that's normal. But as long as you're not letting those expectations paralyze you into no action at all, because then it's, it's just not productive. So here's, here's the key is differentiating between how your mind is working. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the woman who's imagining the wedding pictures, right? Mm -hmm. um, is creating a movie in her head. And so can you picture, you've seen Star Wars, right? Yep. Can you picture a lightsaber? I sure can. <laughs> can you picture one igniting? Can you hear the sound of like, like a light? Can you hear that? Can you get that in your mind? You can, you can hear that pretty clear? Yep, yep. Okay, so there's no such thing as a lightsaber. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> exist. It doesn't exist, oh, but you made a representation of it in your mind. Mm -hmm. I'm going to steal the that. Wedding, <laughs> the, the wedding, the, the, the bad pictures of the wedding don't exist. It's, but the difference mm -hmm. is, is that we think the wedding is Ken Burns. We think yeah. that's the, that, that making a documentary of our life that will somehow come true. And we, think, we know that the lightsaber is George Lucas. It's all George Lucas. You're just making a movie. Yep. And the same, the same process in your mind that created the lightsaber, which doesn't exist, created the bad wedding pictures, which at this moment don't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, the, the, whole, the whole thing is just, it, most of the work that I do is to kind of snap clients out of the movies they're making in their head. 
about what gotcha. might or might not happen, um, or the replay of a past movie. Ah, yeah. And so past, yeah. yeah. So a past bad so experience, kind of, something that that they're just afraid of, that would basically get you to that same result of maybe not doing anything. Yeah. So I picture three people in your mind. There's Ken Burns, right, who's making this documentary of your life, and you can keep reliving that. And then there's George Lucas, who's making the science fiction fantasy of the future. And then there's Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. And Judge Judy sits in the middle of them, right? You can picture Judge Judy, and she's telling you, you're stupid. She's slamming the gavel. <laughs> you're stupid. She's slamming the gavel. And as long as you look at those three things, but here's the test. If, if, if I had to take that woman who needs to lose the weight for the wedding, I said, you need to swear on a stack of Bibles before the Supreme Court, you need to bring forth evidence that that movie in your head is real. Can't be, you bring forth evidence of that. Can't do it because it's a lightsaber. It's Luke Skywalker, and there's no such thing as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, going to be retelling that story because that even that opens my apple I, I can apply that to myself in a lot of different ways yeah me too so, yeah. so i want to transition a little bit um into something that that you've taught me and you've you've used with me to help me get clarity on my life um yeah. and i think it's really important because if you do have a goal whether it be again in business in my case or health and fitness for those of you listening you have to you have to have the right direction to go into. And also, sometimes what we think motivates us to do that isn't actually the thing that's motivating us. And that can lead, uh, lead to some issues along the way to actually sticking to whatever program you're doing. But if you know the real source of what pushes you and drives you, then that can get you through you know, some of those roadblocks along the way. Um, sure. And that methodology is you know, what you call the 567 um, Yep. So could you tell us a little bit more about, about the 567 and, uh, yeah, just go for it. So the best way to, t- to tell you about it is to do it with you. Yes. <laughs> Great. Okay. okay. So, so now you've done it. So I want you to do that. I want you to pretend you're doing it for the first time. Yeah. Right. So just you know, like a race. So give me a hard goal that you have for your health, your business, your life, relationship. What's a, what's a hard goal? Not like a broad, like, oh, I just want to be happy. Or what's a real hard goal? Right. Okay. I would like to uh, finish this 70-day or 75-day uh, fitness program I'm on. Okay. So finish 75-day program. Okay. So so we're gonna play a game. Now you're not you're not the type of person that wants to to just play games, right? You're the type of person that wants to win games, correct? That's correct. <laughs> okay. So the key to winning this game is speed. I'm gonna ask you the same question six times in a row as fast as you can you give me the first word or two that pops into your head okay fair enough fair enough okay so what's the key to winning the game speed speed so what's important to you about finishing the 75 day fitness challenge to you consistency what's important to you about being a man that's consistent doing follow through doing what I said I was going to do. Yep. Keeping your word. Let's put it, keeping your word. What's important to you about, about being a man who keeps his word? Integrity. 
integrity. So what's important to you about being a man of integrity? To be a role model or to, yeah, role model. What's, in, what's important to you about it being a leader who's a role model? <clears throat> I can impact other people. Yeah, impact. What's important to you about being a man and a leader who has impact? <clears throat> At the end of the day, I can, I can feel proud about that I've done everything I, I can do to, uh, to just be the best person I can be. That's all. It's a little yeah, longer. So pride, in, yeah. pride in, in your actions, right? Pride in what you do. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. So, so one through four of this five, six, seven, I wrote this on my whiteboard in front of me. So one through four of your five, six, and seven is just surface level bull, right? Mm-hmm. If you told those things, if you said, if you blasted all over the internet, I'm doing a 75-day challenge, everybody uh, gives you lots of likes, Right, right. Lots, of, lots of props for it, right? Um, and if you talked about your consistency and keeping your word integrity, every, everybody, everybody, says, everybody says they have in, integrity. I can't tell you the number of people that have uh, sat before me and told me they were going to do things and did not do them and swore to me that they were a person of integrity, right? So everybody mm-hmm. says that, but everybody does it, right? So and those are, that's why they're surface-level bull things that we talk about. But what's important to you is your five was be a role model, that has impact, that can have pride in your daily actions. You see how mm-hmm. fast we moved off of fitness? Yep. Fitness didn't last to number two. So I've probably done this the most with dads and business owners. So I'll have a dad talk about a goal for their son, and they'll say play in college or make the major leagues. Or I'll have a business owner that'll say make a million dollars or have 10 businesses. They never last to number two. It never, it's so surface level. Mm -hmm. It's like one through four is in our head and five, six, seven is in your heart. So in the work that I do, and everybody's five, six, seven is unique to them. They may have the same themes, but not the same words. No, it's like thumbprint or, or, or an eye color. Nobody has the same combination. And the words that are true for you are only going to be true for you. It's like a song that's written only for you. And so I had, a, I had a guy who you know who said, um, when I did his 567, he said, I feel like you gave me the lyrics to a song I've been hearing in my head, a tune I've been hearing in my head my whole life. Wow. And so when you look at this, it's, so when you get into a heart level of someone, if you notice that I took you from man to leader, right? I raised you. Mm. I raised your, your version of who you are. So I was on a different podcast on Monday where I was speaking to a brilliant young woman named Mallory, and she was she you know she she went from woman leader to and we we got she was a transformational leader, and that's who she was at heart level five six seven level. So when you when you get to a five six seven level with someone, there's a few things that happen. Number one, you're probably the only person that's ever gone that deep with that person. You're mm-hmm. probably the only person that cares enough to go that deep to see beyond their BS, you know, that they tell everybody. Um, you'll have a connection, right? For the rest of our lives, Hunter, we'll be friends. For the rest yep. of our, I'm going to love you for the rest of your life. If the whole world turns their back on you, you, you and you're living in a, in a youth hostel, you're going to have one person that, that will love you because we have a, there's a connection there that will never, it'll never go away because of this. 
Now yep. that that might change forms, right? You know, you're off doing your thing now, and you graduated, and that right, that's the way things go, and and who knows where we'll go in the future. But um, we'll always have this, you know. Mm-hmm. So when when you when you get down to that level, um, this is the only level I want to deal with people on, because this is what we got here was it wasn't about uh, making a million dollars, or even if someone wants to lose 50 pounds, they would start with losing 50 pounds. They would immediately get off of that. And so as long as their focus is losing 50 pounds or making a million dollars or making the major leagues, it's a superficial gain. It's something you want to try and convince the world is true about you. Where I would rather say, why don't we find out what is true about you, your five, six, and your seven, the most true thing. Let me get into that heart. If I can get into that heart, I'll rearrange a few things. I'll get that blood pumping from your heart to your head. You will think differently. And so, this, so, when, so when, you, when you operate in this realm, you can have true impact on people. So if you were coaching with me again, if we reentered into a relationship, and I, said, mm-hmm. and I said to you, you know, let's say I'm your fitness coach, right? You come in, man, I'm dragging today, I'm tired. And I go up to you and I say, Hunter, I know you're tired today. But I also know that there are people here who you want to be a role model to. And there are people here that you want to impact. And I know that you are a man and a leader who takes pride in his actions. So for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to ask you to take pride in your actions. Yep. I got you. I've got you. I've no got turning you back in the most pu- <laughs> Right. I've got you. But no, but here's why. Because I've got you in the most purest form way because it's your truth. I didn't say to you, Hunter, don't you want to lose 50 pounds? I know you don't need to. You would be dead if you lost 50 pounds. But, you know, like, but, but – but yeah. you know what I mean? If I say to you, you want to lose 50 pounds, it's superficial. It doesn't last. Right. It doesn't right. last. But if I get to – and all I'm doing, I'm, I have positive, productive leverage on you, not manipulating you, not scaring you, not making you fearful of something that would be bad if you didn't lose weight or you didn't uh, make a certain amount of money. All I'm doing is in the moment that you need motivation the most, I'm giving back to you what you told me was most important and most true about you. Mm-hmm. That, that is that is the purest uh, form of of, of uh, motivation you, you'll ever find, and everyone's different. It's like everybody's got this three-digit combination, you yeah. know, and it unlocks their heart. If you can get in there, you'll like, get anything you want. Anything you want. Like whenever, whenever I've done this with anybody, or when you've done it for me, <clears throat> or with me, yeah, you just feel like somebody. Or I feel like you know who I really am, you know, not just on yeah. the surface level, like you said, and and you care. And again, that's why, like me, even being able to reach out to you, like I think back to you, and it had nothing to do with the tactics that you gave me on how to grow my business or anything like that. It was that that Paul cared about me, and he knows he knows me for who I really am. And I think when you, it helps that when you start out, maybe on a new journey or a new goal. It helps to have somebody there who you know really cares about you and has not just the surface level goals at heart, but but those deeper ones as well. Uh, it gives you a little bit more push, uh, and also it gives them a little bit more uh, leverage, so to speak, to to help push you when you when you hit those those roadblocks. Yeah, and and so so uh, in, in mastermind meetings, uh, this is something that's probably come in since you've gone, but. Um, 
I will, before we start mastermind, before in a mastermind session, people get up in front of the room and they do a hot seat. You know, and mm-hmm. the, the group is now working with, you know, so I'm there coaching, but also the group is collaborating, you know, together. And so I'll write up on the board before we start that, that truth is love. Mm-hmm. And if you want to really love someone, the best thing you can do is tell them the truth. And so yeah. when, as I look at uh, coaching, I look at the, if I need to, if I'm going to tell you the truth, I need to know your truth. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to, and if I know your truth, if you and I connect on this way, I don't think I could ever really hurt you, Hunter. I don't think I could say anything that would really hurt you um, because I, I would love to believe that you know anything I say to you, if it's, if it's hurt, if it's maybe, maybe not what you want to hear at the time, right. but you know that, that, that I'm telling you that because uh, we have a, 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 I love you and I want to, I want, you know, that that's, that's where it's coming from. And that's, this right. is where you establish that in knowing that deeper connection, you know, mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, it's not, it's not always being the best friend, the best coach to just say what's going to make you feel good in that moment, to, to actually say the truth, to help them in that situation, even though they might not like it. Uh, it's yeah. not easy to do, but, but it's what needs to happen. And, and having that understanding that what their truth is just allows that to happen more seamlessly. Yeah. So over the course of that, like I've been coaching entrepreneurs for just about 10 years and I can't tell you the number of times over the years that I've coached someone that, um, that just was so angry with me over the Mm -hmm. way that they just took it the wrong way. You know, initially they took it the wrong way and they went and maybe worked with someone else or, or even during our initial consultation, I told them things they probably didn't want to hear and maybe they went in a different direction and how many of them have come back and said, you know what? I talked to you a year ago, and I, you pissed me off so much. I was so <laughs> angry with everything you said to me. I went and worked with this yeah. other dude, and this guy, all he did was just tell me what I wanted to hear for a year. And now I'm in the same spot, and I realize all this guy is doing is just buttering me up, and you were the only person that told me the truth. Yep. And, and yeah, and so that, that happens all the time, all the time. So to me, like if you're going to lose, if someone in your gym and you're training someone, if they're going to lose 50 pounds, uh, that is going to be uh, a task, right? That is going to be that is going to require a depth, even 20 pounds, right? Losing weight, health, fitness, um, these things are hard. They're hard because they're wrapped mm-hmm. up in so many things, right? They're wrapped up in emotion. Food is tied to family and social and conditioning and traditions and and exercise can sometimes be painful, you know, to push yourself and do you know initial for, especially initially. And if you're going to do that, you're, you're going to read, you know, everybody in your universe is going to require a coach like you that mm-hmm. when every, everybody gets to like Seth Godin called it the dip, right? Where, where, you know, the first few weeks, everyone's motivated to exercise and train and they start to see some big results. Then the results start to slow down a little bit. Um, the workout it becomes less exciting and they wait into the dip and now they're going to need you to go in and give, hit their five, six, seven and hit that that button mm-hmm. you know that's that, that's that's the ultimate gift you could give them it's the, it's the highest form of love you can give them is in, in that moment you know when they're when they're going off into into this battle of health and and really what they're doing is loving themselves it's hard you know and it and if you can access their heart um it's the greatest thing that you can do every i want you to think like every movie you've ever loved 
right? Aside from like, well, even if you do go into like science fiction or things like that or, or superheroes, right? We loved mm-hmm. Rudy because Rudy had heart. We love, right. you know, uh, uh, we love, uh, I don't know of any of those other Lord of the Rings, but I've heard people have said that when I've said it, but um, we love the 1980 hockey team, that movie, because they had heart. We love, you know, Luke Skywalker had heart. And, and, you know, movies generally, you know, the stories that we love so much is we connect with people that, that are just more than talented, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, seeing, just being able to have that connection and, and uh, it's something you feel. It's not, it's not all up in your mind. I mean, right. like we get, we got lost in our head, but what really pushes us is through our heart. Is, is what it sounds like you're saying. Absolutely. It's the only thing that will ever move you. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like a lot of us, and myself included, <clears throat> our heart feels good and it feels good, but it, it hurts at other times, and so we shut it off. And it's easy to go to our head. So to open it back up and sharing it with somebody or even sharing it with ourselves, that can, that can be the... The, really the first step you need to take, even though it's a hard step. Yeah, and, and, there, and some people shut it down. Some people just, you know, they can't get in there. And, and so I, what I, when I look at someone who's shut down and given up, I, I look at, so if, if, if there's, if there's uh, like, aside from coaching, if there's one gift that God gave me, is I can look mm-hmm. at someone, and I don't know why I have it, but I just do. I can look at someone, and I can tell what they're, I just felt like this dude's going through something. This, this guy's hurting. Or this guy mm-hmm. is upset. This guy, this guy's shot. His confidence is taking a hit. His manhood is taking a hit. Or you know, there's something off. And I will often say, man, I, if I could, if I could get that person, I could do wonders with them. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to go up to, to go up to someone in Starbucks and say, you know, as he's as he's putting the sugar in his coffee, going, dude, if you came into my office, I will turn your life around. You know, <laughs> you know, he's just trying <laughs> he's to like, what the it. heck? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 I do that. I, I I look at that, and and there's people that have come across in my world where, um, you know, uh, they've just decided that it's easier to live in anger than it is to open up your heart again. Um, and all I all I think is that you just haven't you haven't had someone to get in there, and that you can trust. And uh, maybe someone has broken that heart before, and now you're just not going to let anyone else in there. So I always look at the people where it's tough, where they're struggling. Your initial thought was, you know, people who are struggling, like the guy in Starbucks, like they just don't have someone. They don't have a coach. They don't have someone who's going to look at them. And uh, a, a quote that, I, that I, I have on my wall is the greatest thing you could do for another uh, person is to discern them, to see what is most deeply there, what is most true about them, um, find it, uh, recognize it, and encourage it. And mm-hmm. that's five, six, seven. That's all it is. And I, I don't think many people have had that, you know, have had a person like that in their life or know a person like that exists, you know, that, that someone could help them with it. Because certainly if, you, if, if I walked up to that, you know, dude at Starbucks, um, you know, you've seen the way I dress and present myself. He, he, you know, he's not, he's not going to be like, you look exactly like the guy I've been waiting for. Right. You know, I, I was looking yeah. for a guy in t-shirt and shorts to come up to me and yeah. say that, you know. Right. Yeah. In order to, I think most, most coaches, I mean, not like not calling anybody out or anything, but in most coaching scenarios that I've been through, they will hit the one through four, you know, and those are the service yeah. level. 
Um, but it's the five, six, seven that moves you. And like you said, like the definition of, of like coaching is finding that truth. That's like step one. And that often never happens. Uh, yeah. So, so. If, I, if you put me in front, if you put me in front of a group of business owners, yeah, and I said, who wants to make a million dollars? Every one of their hands will go up. Right. If you put me in front of a bunch of overweight people and say, who wants to be lean, happy, you know, and slim and, and confident, all their hands will go up. And the right. problem is if I would mistake that, that the money and the pounds are what would motivate them. Mm. That would be the mistake because they responded. So if I had a bunch of baseball kids, but who wants to play in the major league? And all their hands would go up. And I would think that's, I would make the mistake of thinking that's what would motivate them. When it's not. When you're looking at an audience full of people who need to lose weight or who need to build a business, every one of them, when I, when I speak to a group, I always take a moment to kind of envision like three numbers floating above everyone's head <laughs> before I talk. And that's what I think is that everybody's got a different combination. And when we do motivation, we do motivation all wrong. What we do yeah. is like we like, – I, don't, I love reading books and I love reading motivational books, but we take it on as it's so broad. It's written like for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, where I could write a one-page book with just your five, six, and seven with seven words on it, one-page book, and that would be the most impactful book you'd ever read because it's 100% about you. You don't have to run it through your brain. You don't have to run it through everywhere. There's nobody that in, in sports that was interviewed after a big win. Um, like Kawhi Leonard, they won the NBA Finals last night. The, the reporter didn't go, Kawhi, what did it? And he go, oh, you know what it was? On the way out, I saw the iceberg poster on the wall, and uh, I, I, I just did it. I saw that Vince went by, and I just, I don't know, I just lost it, right? No, yep. Nobody ever said that, but that's how we do motivation. We sprinkle pixie mm-hmm. dust on people. We hope some of it sticks. Mm-hmm. You know, but w- why do that? Why, you know, like why, 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 um, why do that when we can dig into somebody's uh, – heart and really, you know, show them what's there. We can do in one page what, what is trying to accomplish in 365 pages. Yeah, just what you mentioned about if you just imagine there were three numbers above anybody's head. Like, just, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that today. And I think if, if you listening, do that too and just know, like, there's different things that drive everybody. It'll make you, uh, I think you'll interact with people differently. I know. I'm, I'm going to do that today. I can already, it's going to make me think a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I always learn so much when I talk to you. This is great. And I've heard some of this stuff, uh, but it's always good to hear it reiterated. And there's always another, another part that's added that uh, just kind of blows my mind. So I'm excited uh, right now. <laughs> so cool. Cool. Um, so obviously we have a lot of, uh, adults listening, mainly parents, uh, you know, who are interested in health and fitness, but all of them have kids at home, at, at their home, yeah. and uh, probably a lot of them uh, play baseball. Um, so I just want to kind of give you the opportunity to share, you know, uh, you have an amazing program online, like I mentioned in the beginning. You have, you know, the largest online baseball education company. Um, it's helped thousands of people. Um, where could they find you um, if they wanted to, uh, to help their kids in any aspect of the sport? Yeah, so, so um, the best place to start uh, with me is it's, it's, it's a website we just put up. It's still a little in development, but all the most the content is there. If you go to paulreddick.org, um, so P-A-U-L-R-E-D-D-I-C-K.org, and that's kind of links to, like, my whole everything. So you could find, like, um, 
other podcasts that I've been on, podcasts that I produce. There's a links to uh, the baseball, like everything that, that kind of uh, I do, that would be like the center point of, of my world there. And there's also more information on, on the 567 as well. Awesome. Yeah, so I know you just started a podcast with, uh, with Ryan, which is cool. And <clears throat> this is uh, kind of a side note, but I don't know if I've told you this or not, but it almost seemed like I was, for some reason or another, like it was destined for me to, to meet you and become a part of, of, of 567. And here's why. It's Isaac, um, who, for those of you listening, there's another podcast with Isaac on here. Uh, I reached out to him because he had a successful gym, and I just wanted to learn from him. And he was connected to Paul. Uh, and then Ryan was actually my, my coach in high school. I had reached out to him, found him through the Internet. And he was connected to you. <laughs> and then huh. I moved to Chicago uh, and did an internship out there. And uh, my mentor uh, connected me with Connor uh, Flyhive. Uh, so there were, and I talked to him. So there were three different points from all different parts of the country that ended up sending me your way, which I thought was just hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah that's, so, that's awesome. <laughs> it is cool. So, three, three great, uh, all three great people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they've, yeah. man, it's just, uh, if you reach out to people, like, people are more gracious than you think, and if it weren't for, for you and everyone else, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it makes, it makes me excited to hopefully someday be able to, to do the same for, for someone else. Um, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so definitely he's got, if you guys are into the, um, uh, you know, this five, six, seven, uh, and kind of understanding like your truth. Um, he has a new podcast up called going five, six, seven. I listened to, uh, your more recent episode today. Um, so that's a great place to go. Um, Paul, is there any, any other things that, you know, for someone who's just looking to get started, who might not know where to start, um, what you'd say to them to help them get over that, that first hump? Uh, towards their health or fitness goals, uh, or their five, six, seven. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, the, the probably the best thing everybody could do listening is I'm assuming this is you know for your your local people. Um, mm-hmm. I would suggest that they go they make an appointment with you, even if they're a client, even if they're an, a client of yours. If they haven't gone through um, the five, six, seven, um, they should make an appointment with you to do that. Because you're good at it, you're you know you're you're uh, uh, you know as skillful, masterful at it as as anyone um, I've taught, and I know where your your heart is for it. And here's here's why you want to do it. You're you're at you you're trying to achieve something that is about your life. So I have a coach who says that, that uh, when I work with that coach, says working with me is the most important thing you do, not because of me, because it's your life. You're working on your life. So you're working on your health. And so what could be more important than uh, your health, especially as most of, I'm sure most of the people you work with are adults that, that are, are married or have relationships and have children and have, so what could be more important than your health? And the, the thing that will derail health is slipping. Is slippage, right? Uh, like, mm-hmm. I, there's so many, and it's for everybody. It's not just, you know, d- don't think like guys like Hunter and me who are kind of into that. Um, 
I mean, I, tr- I was traveling last week and slipped way off of everything, my training, my eating, my sleeping, everything. You get slipped off of it. And uh, the best thing that can happen for you is to have somebody knock on that door of your heart because nothing will get you back in line more than that, than can reconnecting uh, with that. Nothing will. Um, and and so, so that's what I would suggest is that you want a coach who you're going to give that combination to. And, you're gonna, and, and by giving that combination, what you're saying to that coach is, uh, I'm here to train, not because it's about training, because it's about their life, their most important thing that they have. And, uh, and, your job, and, and you're giving Hunter the, the ability to say, you're, I'm giving you this combination that any time I, I need you to go into this, this, this lock of my heart and reignite it, I need you to do it because it's the most important thing that I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. my health and it's my life. So that's what, that's what I would suggest. Is if you haven't, if if you're listening and you're, um, and maybe you're a prospect in your air your area, you'd, you'd be you'd be like to go to a gym, and you don't take this the wrong way, Hunter. But there might be more talented trainers than Hunter. Hunter's a talented trainer, but there might be more talented trainers than Hunter. But you don't. But it, you you want to, talent is 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 irrelevant. Hunter has everything from a training perspective you could ever need. But what no other trainer will give you, regardless of their degrees or experience, is that if you, they will get that code from you, that three-digit code. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you want. Is you want the, you know, so if you're a prospect and you're looking to, to, to get into a gym, I would suggest that they would call you. And if they're at your gym already I would, and they haven't done their 567, they should do an appointment with you to, to do that. Why would, you, why would you screw around with it when you could sit down in three minutes Mm-hmm. three minutes, you know, find out the, the most true part of you. That's what I would do. Oh, thank you so much. That, that means a lot coming from, uh, from you especially. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, My pleasure. And, yeah, no, if you, if you're listening and you're a current member at hybrid fitness, or if you've never been here before, uh, feel free to reach out. Um, you can give me a call or shoot me a text two zero seven five five eight three one zero two, And we'll, we'll, we can set it up. And even if you don't live here, um, just reach out, uh, give me a text, and I'd be happy to do it over the phone with you. Anything I can do to help you uh, take one more step closer uh, to your goals, uh, I'd be more than willing to help. So uh, with that, Paul, any, any last things? Or uh, I think we've gone no, through. No, you did a great job. I'm so, I'm, I'm so very proud of you, and I love what you're doing. <laughs> and um, I love you, man. You're awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for, for coming on. It means the world to me. All right, everybody. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next podcast.